you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Should win Comeback Player of the Year. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I am Dan Hensis. This is Greg Rosenthal. That is Mark Sessler. How are you, boys? Coming back. I mean, we we're, were on he- top, baby. We were here a year ago thriving, and we continue to exist, I like as far to, as I know. I like to see us uh, as the 10-time reigning uh, <laughs> podcast champions of the NFL. Maybe it's like Dynasty. that year where they gave it to Philip Rivers for coming back from being like the 14th best quarterback to the ninth best quarterback. Why do we quarterback? talk about that so much? I don't know. <laughs> it comes up it's every month on this show. It's like Philip Rivers coming back from his sixth child. I don't know. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, you, you can hear it, listener and viewer, the bounce in our step because it is wild card, super wild card weekend in the NFL. And we are going to preview all of the games. How many games we got here? 32 teams, 18 eliminated, 14 teams remaining, two teams on pay, 14 <laughs> minus team. It's 12 divided by six. That's 12. Or 12 that's, divided by two. Yeah, six. Yeah. So we got six games to talk about. <laughs> the human calculators. That's, that's what we are. Got there. And we're going to go through every game. We have two on Saturday, two on Sunday. One on Monday night. Three on Sunday. Three on Sunday. Hello. <laughs> That's why we need this preview. Yeah. Lock this down. Yeah. All right. You want to get into it? Sure. Let's get into it. Let's go in order. I think that's a good way to do it. Let's go to the big bell bottom, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. We used to call it West of Us. Our late friend Chris Wessling, uh, his favorite kind of playoff game when the Andy Dalton-led Bengals would get Knocked out of the postseason every year in that early time slot on Saturday. It became a big party for Wes, who had a um, antagonistic relationship with his boyhood team yeah. uh, in the second half of his life. They don't do that early, early slot anymore. It's now a 4.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff. It's on Fox, and it's the Seahawks who, Greg, they found their way to the postseason, and they deserve credit for it because we you know, we were all we were a little butthurt. I think a lot of people were about the Lions not making the playoffs. But Seattle deserves a lot of credit because they, like the Lions and uh, many other uh, teams like the Giants we'll talk about, weren't even considered uh, a thought to be playing at this time of year. And yet here they are. They Mm. get a chance. Unfortunately, their reward for making the playoffs is facing, in my mind, the best team in football, riding a 10-game winning streak, the 49ers. It hurts. And yes, you you were so confident that the Seahawks weren't going to win. You put sandwiches on them being one of the worst teams in the league. I think we're getting to that. Yes. Later. And I don't think everyone in this room even took me on that because it was deemed to be hanging shallots. It was such a weak uh, wager. Yeah. That, uh, Turned that, out to be not so weak. Right. So they, they deserve credit. And in a perfect game where Brock Purdy gives them a couple chances, and Brock Purdy usually gives the opponent like one chance a game. You got to catch that interception. It's pretty th- good for a uh, seventh round pick right. rookie. He, he's he's <laughs> very good. But I'm thinking of that Thursday night game where they played him pretty well on defense, the Seahawks defense played well in the first half. The the 49ers punted actually five of their first six possessions, but 
They didn't catch an interception chance. Quandre Diggs dropped one, and eventually they just overtook him. In these two matchups, the Seahawks have gotten smoked. It's a terrible matchup for them. It's 48-20 to 20 in these two combined games. And as a, a Geno Smith fan, I, I watched these games. They didn't score on offense in week two. That, that's a long time ago, but they didn't do much on offense just four weeks ago as well. They were lucky to keep it as close as 48 to 20 over those two weeks. And the, the thing that I really was taken by rewatching the, the week 15 game was like, Gina just had no time. It was just like watching the Monstars going up against wow. a bunch of regular players. Uh, it was like watching TCU, Georgia the other night. It was just such a mismatch. Gino had no More time at all. More people will get the second reference than the first, but Space Jam, <laughs> I think 1996, people Warner remember Brothers. the Monsters. And that's yeah. why like, it hurts. But I'm going to lock up the 49ers to start the week. Wow. Okay. All right. Interesting. 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 And as we'll take a look at the standings later, perhaps, it is a one second, Justin. <laughs> Settle we're down. Just, no we're just starting the show. One we're, second. We're, we're Justin, good. is it something that needs to be said right this second before I say my next He's going to lock up the 49ers. I'm also going to lock up the 49ers. Well, it's I like have we, a bit of news. Waited. I also am locking them yeah. up. Which is funny because, Dan, before the show, you yes. thought across the board everyone would lock up Buffalo. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. But this one stands out to me as the obvious home run lock. All right. So I am now going to, because I saw a little report yesterday. I'm going to check out, you know, it's really scary. Uh, the weather in California for the past two weeks or so, heavy rains. These, I think they're called the river or what are they, river fronts or something's rolling in and pounding the entire coast. It's, it's cost people property. People have lost their lives. And the weather I'm hearing is not going to be good uh, this weekend. And uh, it's that old adage, weather is the ultimate equalizer right now. There's a 90% chance of rain this weekend. That's the only chance I think Seattle has here, mm. that you have a situation where the field becomes an issue. You can't throw the ball. Uh, and then some mistakes start piling up. Otherwise, I think this is very safe. The people in the desert have this at nine and a half right now. Uh, if Seattle wins, it's one of the biggest upsets in a long I time. I also think ill weather, and it's at, an atmospheric river, apparently. There it is. Uh, coming Not a from, river front. Coming from uh, Drew, our producer. Uh, it, but it, it, bad weather is great for the Niners, too, in my book, because you're going to have to run the ball if you're Seattle and you want to keep possessions away from the Niners. One running back has created more than 100 scrimmage yards against the Niners. That was Christian McCaffrey, who is now wow. on the Niners. I thought it was going to be Ken Walker. No, it's not like, Ken oh. Walker. They kind of, I mean, Ken Walker really was bottled up by Kenny. them over two games. And, you know, I think that sort of started Ken Walker's downslide a little bit. The Niners, to me, if you look at how Christian McCaffrey has performed against Seattle, he dominated them in that game. George Kittle's done that over the years. Debo Samuel's done it. There are too many weapons here. I just don't see... Geno Smith's way out of this because you're right. The thing that I remember from that week 15 game was how Geno Smith, after such an incredible regular season, was dominated in that game. Their line was dominated. And you go, like the Quandre Diggs dropped interception, those little moments like that. Seattle cannot create those mistakes. They've got to find a way to get Brock Purdy uncomfortable. I do think Pete Carroll has one interesting opportunity that no coach has had. He's seen Brock Purdy for the second time. No one's had that chance. I mean, there's been very little tape on him. I think Pete Carroll's the kind of coach that can find a way to make some use of that. But again, I think he, keep, people keep waiting for Brock Purdy to suddenly collapse. It's like, this guy is playing. He's won five in a row, and his metrics are basically matched only by Tom Brady when he had a five-game win streak with the Bucks when they won the Super Bowl. He's playing at a superhuman, strangely superhuman level. Well, hmm, that's interesting. I, when I watch him, I see him as a, like a 
deeply professional quarterback, a guy that plays like a five-year veteran. I don't, I don't watch him in like I scratch my head at how talented he is and throws he's making. But I, I there's certainly a lot to be said for his uh, the the skill group around him. Uh, of course, the scheme. It's kind of the defense on the other side of the ball putting the offense in good situations. They're not playing from behind. I mean. Yes, there will be a time, most likely in these playoffs, where you're going to Purdy's back is going to be against the wall, and he's going to have to lead the team, and we're going to see what version that is. Just don't see it happening in this game, and I'm glad you brought up Purdy because I still kind of think it's being slept on a little bit how incredible this story is. Um, this is from our research notes. He will become the latest drafted rookie quarterback, including undrafted free agents, in the common draft era to start a playoff game. Uh, TJ Yates was the last one, if you remember, at the Texans, yeah. that fifth-round pick. Um, and not mm. only is he he stepped I into the lineup. I think I was at that game. How were you? That? I think TJ Yates' family <laughs> was in the top row of NRG this, Stadium. This is not TJ Yates leading the Niners. Um, I can promise you that. It's, it's remarkable that he stepped into the lineup as a third-string quarterback and the team got better. That's crazy. Right. And I don't see superhuman. I see, like you, like a, like a quality starter. The athleticism is surprising where he uses his legs a few times a game. So he doesn't have to do too much. He has open receivers. He makes good decisions. And I just don't think Seattle's like a game plan specific type of team that's going to cook up all these things that confuse him. Now, Pete Carroll has done a good job and seen Kyle Shanahan's offense more than any coach in the NFL. And until this year... The Seahawks had actually kind of owned the 49ers in this matchup, even though they've been around uh, the same level of quality. Maybe the 49ers have even been better on average, and the Seahawks have won more than their share of matchups. So I don't think it's something that they're going to like step out there and be surprised, but then I just look at the matchups, and it's not just the, the 49ers defensive line dominating. It's the 49ers offensive line dominating. I didn't see Purdy... With a lot of trouble there. I think of where Seattle's good on defense. Yeah, you got Tariq Woolen, but it's in the middle of the defense that 49ers attack, and they got Elijah Mitchell back. Looked good last week. They got Debo Samuel back. Looked good last week. He's a great player. Jordan Brooks is normally the starting middle linebacker for the Seahawks. Really struggled in that Week 15 game. Now you've got Tanner Muse in there, his backup, because he's hurt. And I think of all the screens, and I think of how Kyle Shanahan, he's a mean guy sometimes. He likes to pick on. You wouldn't think he's a mean guy. Right. He likes, to he likes sometimes. to pick on one guy on the other team, and he just says, I'm going to eat you. You're my food. I'm going to eat you for Greg, this entire that, Greg, game. That's, uh, that's and unpleasant. that's Tanner Muse. He's just going to have like a big circle on him, and it's going to be Kittle, and it's going to be gonna cannibalize the man. He's, he's got to embarrass him in front yeah. of his family. Well, that's that's just the way sports are. Don't take it personally, young man, if it happens. Um, and I think the weather hurts Seattle because the one thing Seattle does better. How could it hurt them? Okay, here's why. They need they need an act of God here. The only thing that Seattle is better than, in theory, is receivers on the outside making big plays down the field. Geno Smith's greatest strength, and he gives the other team a chance to pick off a couple balls a week lately, which is oh, not Gino. good. But his biggest strength is he still has three or four beautiful dimes down the field. So I could see Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf picking on Len- Lenore, who every offense kind of picks on for the 49ers and getting some big plays down the field, but that's hard to do. I mean, the other thing I think about from that week 15 game was Traverius Ward and how physically right. it was on DK Metcalf. And that that's the Niners defense. And I think like, I don't care about the weather. And when I say superhuman, like from Purdy, it's that this is someone that everyone basically just thought, well, this could end the Niners season. And so in terms of what we thought he would be and what he's been, 
it is the one of the most unexpected things I've ever watched on a football field. So from that angle, it's like they've gotten better with Purdy. He's not a liability. This is an incredible situation for the Niners that they haven't fallen off a cliff. Hey, Greggy. Um, what if Niners defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans puts on his little bib thing and takes out his, his fork and his sharp knife and then pulls a big plate of Gina Smith out in front of him? Put some salt and pepper on him, a little hot I'm sauce. I'm worried. <laughs> because Gino has not been playing great football um, the last few weeks. Um, and if that pass rush, which has been relentless with Nick Bosa leading the way, puts him in a situation where he starts throwing the ball for grabs in wet weather, it, listen, Gino deserves all the credit in the world. Great season. I kind of foresee it ending very poorly. Now, maybe I'll be doubting and be wrong about Gino one more time. I think he has a tough go of it. You guys are going to lock this up. Right. Well, I, f- I feel um, torn because if the Seahawks are competitive, I will enjoy that. But as someone who's enjoyed the season, I was kind of hoping. You locked up against the Seahawks. I know, but the other ones are starting backup quarterbacks, which just felt like less. Um, so are the Seahawks. Whatever. That's not oh. true. The franchise is leading. That's the one position they got an edge. Uh, but I'm with they you. They have like, an edge? I'm Over Brock saying, Purdy? I would take Gino. I, uh, you put Gino that, in that Shanahan's system. I, One I more it, Brock yeah. Purdy uh, stat. I love this. Since week 13, uh, Brock Purdy has the second highest passer rating of passes of 10-plus yards. Right. Um, it, you know, Pat, who, who would it be, the top two, you would think? Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. No, it's Brock Purdy and Jared Goff. That's the 20, <laughs> 2022 season in a year. nutshell. Strange year. Nothing's strange changed times. between the last time they played in my book, other than the fact that the Niners simply right, have more players back. I was going to say, as someone that's enjoyed the CX experience, all the CX fans that were rooting for you know, the Lions and everything, I was kind of thinking, like, their season might have ended perfectly with a win over the Rams, getting to 9-8. and eight. They didn't need to go here and be food <laughs> for D'Amico Ryans in a game where I don't think they'll be that competitive. But mm. you never know. We have, like, multiple cannibalism references in the show, and we're about eight minutes in. Let me it's, see. It's let me, bones and all. Let me see. We have, this game is bones and all. Greggy, we have one, two, three. We have three of the six games have uh, desert spreads of nine at least, and yet you went out of your way to find the Seahawks to lock against. That's interesting to me. That's all. The the Dolphins, <laughs> we haven't gotten there. just felt less it's like sport. like your favorite team. It like felt less sporting, the Dolphins. And, uh, yeah, the Seahawks are the less next. Less sporting, he says. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> it just was like, Thank you, good boy. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, it's just like, well, Skyler, Tom, it just didn't even feel right. So when I lock one. against the Dolphins, that will be poor sportsmanship on my part? I think it's totally no. fine, but it just was like I didn't feel like it. Uh, hey, this is January football. All right. Should we go to game two? Let's go to sure. game two. We got a little more. Speaking of uh, cannibalism and chewing meat, it's getting gross this episode, but we have a little bit more time to talk about these games, which is nice. No, Oh, my God. The end of the season with all those games? Enough. Yeah, it was eight, enough at a certain point. Eight teams that we were ready to uh, no say more goodbye buys. to. You're just half half the teams You're thinking dead. of Week 18 too much. It was Week 18 is turned oh, into no, a I'm little thinking bit. Of, that was dog know, food. December. Okay. Sure. The, okay. It is. Uh, I do look forward. I hope we're doing this podcast a long time from now. And my kids are in college, and you know I, I have just football is I could focus on it more. That last month of the regular season, it's a bear. It feels good to get to the playoffs, be able to focus on less teams. We don't got the Santa vibes around. We just chill. 
Let's let's get back to ball. There was a lot going on at an elite level. Yeah, Dan was, comes out as anti-Santa here. Yeah. It's hot take. It's my because I'm pro Santa. It leads me being anti. You know, seventy-seven games. It can be stressful. You know, everyone says the holiday is one of the most stressful times of the year. You throw in Come the regular season. Yeah, see what happens. Let's this will play well it. with like the bricklayer out in Iowa. Is listening to a bunch of like no, football talking heads being I like, "Oh, tough life." I see what they're saying, and I agree with them. I feel for them. I bet family men. The Chargers, they made the playoffs. How about that? <laughs> this is this is my favorite game of the Another weekend. One. The Chargers are Ten involved in and it. seven Chargers. They travel to TIAA Stadium, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars, nine and eight. This is the Saturday night game, uh, and it's a good one. I think it will be a competitive game. I think it's going to be a fun game, Mark Sessler, because you've got the Chargers led by Justin Herbert. And, you know, listen, Brendan Silly got killed for how he handled Week 18, and rightly so. I don't think if he could do it again, he probably would do it differently. He would have probably done something similar to what Brian Dayball did with the Giants. Is like, hell or high water, I'm going to figure out a way to protect my guys. But that also, like to the point with Seattle and everybody getting so you know pumped up, us especially about the Lions, oh, they should have made it. The Chargers won four straight games to get to the playoffs. So let's now move on from Brandon Staley's big gaffe, as long as Mike Williams is playing, and I believe he is, uh, and see what they can do against the Jaguars, a team that has not lost since December 4th Whoa. and is led by their own young star quarterback, Justin Herbert versus Trevor Lawrence. Let's go. I think it's a huge game for Joe Lombardi, too, because there's been critique of Joe Lombardi and how he's handled Justin Herbert all year long. The offense has looked better lately because they've been healthy, but a lot of that was because you had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, and your all, your line got better, and it's like, I, I, I won't har, you know, harp on this, but the Brandon Staley thing, I think he would do it again. I just think he fi- he has these oh, ideas. I don't know. If he knew Mike Williams missed practice Maybe, Wednesday, which he, he did. T- he, he, took the risk. he took the risk, but also Joey Bosa got but banged up in that game. He also lost, by the way. <laughs> they lost with their starters. This is worth pointing out. But he knew that going into last week, so it's like, I, I don't, the situation didn't call for it. But either way, like, if you don't have a Mike Williams at full health here. I don't like that for Los Angeles on any level. I think you're if you're the, if you're the Jaguars, what you can do in this game is it doesn't have to be all Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence, you know, incredible season, especially if there's a chunk of five or six games starting in week nine where he was absolutely dominant in terms of touchdowns to interceptions and changing the way we think about him. Last couple games, not so much, but against the Jets, for instance, ran a ton in terrible weather. They pulled him in the next game. They didn't need him to do everything against Tennessee, but they didn't look to be firing on all cylinders on offense. I think your avenue here, because everyone does this against Los Angeles, who gives up 5.6 yards per carry, uh, could be a big game for Travis Etienne. This is a team that blew out the Chargers 38-10 to in Week 3. And if you go back and look at that game, L.A. got out to just a slow start. That's why I bring up Lombardi. It was two punts, then mm-hmm. an interception, then a fumble. Jacksonville got rolling, and, and the Chargers never really got into the game. You have to get off to a fast start, I think, if you're the Chargers. I'm with you because that's where the mismatch is. They should have players they can attack on the Jaguars. Aluakon, when he's in coverage. Basically, any cornerback not named Tyson Campbell. And that's where the Mike Williams injury looms so large because I think the Jaguars can be attacked in the secondary. Their defense played better at the end of the season. But if you have two really high-quality receivers and a good three in Josh Palmer and you got your tight end, Gerald Everett, who can do things, then you can start attacking those mismatches. But Williams is the one. He's the important one. And suddenly, if he's out, and then you have Tyson Campbell can be handling... Allen in the slot, suddenly you don't have as many mismatches. And to your point, Mark, you don't feel like Joe Lombardi 
is a great like game plan specific. I'm going to come up with the perfect playoff plan uh, to go attack this Jaguars team. Don't have a lot of confidence in Joe Lombardi. I think there's an obvious way to attack, though, because the Jaguars' one big weakness on defense is they have given up more running back receptions than any any team in the league, essentially, other than one. And that's Austin Eckler, who leads mm. the NFL with 120. That's sort of big, been a big part of their offense. It's not like just put everything on. They seem to not want to put everything on Herbert. And Eckler has a chance, I think, to, in, in kind of like a tight game like this, just move the ball between the red zones, and then we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, I think Austin Eckler is another guy that's under the radar. His consistency and his greatness. I, I used to think that Alvin Kamara was the guy when it came to finding the end zone when he's near the goal line. I think Eckler is taking that crown now, mm-hmm. even if his like you know guitar solo celebrations, yeah, you know, little mid as the kids say. Whoa. Iffy to you. Uh, you know, maybe it's due for an upgrade in 2023. Okay, <clears throat> but that's, that's Matt Harmon, our old friend's podcast co-host, Austin Eckler. That's pretty good, by yeah. the way. Good job by Harmon. It's a nice show. It's one of the best yeah. players in football, yeah. taking you inside the game <laughs> with the perspective that our show does not. No, have we don't have uh, at we, all. Two of us did not play the sport. So. <laughs> right? Did you? I did. Tell us about Middle your school. career. What? Well, yeah. uh, it was a Pop Warner career D1 that or spanned. D2? Well, it was there was only one division. It was just children in uniforms. But uh, <laughs> I have some uh, some on field knowledge. I wouldn't say it's. I in played. Depth. Um, I played a uh, high school. It was called um, the Franklin Avenue Football League, um, which was a site of our elementary school in the Coal Town. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you what. Let me tell you a little bit about playing football in the Coal Town. Sure. We, uh, we didn't use pads. We didn't use helmets. But we played tackle football in the Franklin Avenue Football League, also known as Fafel. There were broken wrists. I sustained a concussion at quarterback in the big 11th versus 12th grade showdown. Rich Parado led with his head, drove me into the turf. And I bounced up. And I got back up and dusted myself off. And that's football. Yeah, it's always um, a joy to be dipped into your... Mythology of childhood. I'm not sure if it lines up, but I guess if you're a, a coal town, brain injuries not as much a concern. You just go back down there and start digging. Well, so. the the life expectancy is about 32 years old in the first place. So yeah, you don't have to worry about long term issues in no. general. Well, you've outlived. So that. my point being, yes, I played football as well, which leads us to the tennis player over here. I don't even know if you should be in this room. I played ball. Mark played ball. How about you? Well, I am a state champion, Massachusetts, so that's like an experience of playing sports at the highest of levels and coming through in pretty the good. clutch. In the clutch, it's a pretty good answer. Kind of dunked champ. on us a little bit there. A little bit. I mean, it's tennis. Yeah, but still <laughs> different sport. But you know, competitive. You're one on one. You have no one else to lead. In on. the tell, like we got to get back to this game. But in the finals, <laughs> what? Uh, because you're not like a, a hulking man. No. Was your opponent like a hyper athletic looking dude? And and he was like. That Rosenthal. No. Sprightly. But, but we played the same team in the finals back-to-back years. And the he, the first year... Oh, it was a team title. Wait, are you... Oh, team oh title. I thought it was a oh, singles I you, title. I thought you alone. You should well, not I even won, clarify that. I didn't that. lose any of those. All right. Still second, great. Second singles. I went and played <laughs> tennis with my wife and two small children and utterly destroyed them on the court. Uh, but yeah. but you won't be surprised like that I annoyed, I annoyed the guy to the point that he like asked uh, the, the official there to like shut me up because I was like talking too much Uh-oh, when, that's when good. I was all fired up. A young Michael yeah. Chang. We're not surprised. <laughs> uh, all right, back to the game. <laughs> this was a surprise, this whole thing. <laughs> little detour there. I'm excited to see J- Brandon Staley in the playoffs. I think 
He I'm mean, excited. Gonna, you I really do, you are loyal to football. Because I think he could get fired if Mike Williams doesn't play this game and they lose. Okay, I, I hear that, but I feel like he was kind of... Uh, I'm loyal to football. I think he was in his bag there in December. I saw some right. growth from okay. Brandon Staley in terms of the game plans he was coming up with on a week-to-week basis. I don't think he was doing anything last week against Denver. That was like a basic game. Now he's going to look at Trevor Lawrence. They built this defense, and they've had two years to do it now, to stop the pass. Yes, they give up a lot of running yards. They don't want to give up as many as they do. But that's the, the idea, is that we can live with giving up five and a half yards on the ground or five yards, because that's better than giving up uh, seven, eight, nine yards through the air. And I think he'll look at Trevor Lawrence, and I think he'll see some ways maybe he can confuse him. If the Jaguars had lost that game, we would be talking about how the Jaguars' offense choked to end the season. Their last five drives of that game against Tennessee, Oh yeah, they had one first down. They basically stopped. And Lawrence is a, is a great young player, but this is a Chargers defense. It has Derwin James healthy, has Joey Bosa healthy. To me, they're, they're set up. I think it is kind of a, a show-me game for Brandon Staley. You're a defensive coach. Show me something here. I think you'll have something cooked up to confuse Think him. about what happened. when The other show-me game I thought for Brandon Staley was when you went up and it was Herbert versus Tua and that Dolphins offense, and it was guys like Michael Davis and the way that they shut down Miami's passing game. They, I think that is Staley's skill, and he's got his guys now, and they're actually playing well. Healthy. You don't have Cam Robinson at left tackle right now for the Jaguars. You've got Bosa. you got Khalil Mack. If it's ever been a time where it's like, let's put a clamp on an offense that's been kind of quiet recently, despite our love of just of Trevor Lawrence. Like, this would be the game. I think this thing is going to be, obs- this is like down to the last possession type of hey, game. I see that. And if you look at all like the underlying data, Mike Williams is their big play offense. He's a Jenga piece for the Chargers. Back injury. He better like play. Mr. Gravedigger. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's an elephant in the room with this Jaguars team we need to Uh address, and I prepared something special for you guys. All right. Wait, what? Well, he's still living in his... And there's just been nothing about this team to me that is special. I think they're kind of a mediocre team that's been on the wrong side of variance, and they're not that far from being a 5-4 and team, but it doesn't matter. They can't get those wins back, and I don't think they're going to rally enough with that schedule. I, I would fork them, Greg. I, I think I'll, you're, I'll do it as well because <laughs> we look like fools. what you said, they had their chance. They, they had their chance to be in decent November position yes. uh, to absorb these next two losses, most Idiot. likely. But they kicked away that opportunity, and it's going to be too late, Bridget. I'm going to fork them. Yeah, uh, I, hold on, hold on. Bridget like, Cond in there for can our we also, listeners. Can we also factor in when we fork the Jaguars? That we didn't know the Titans were going to become a pop water team, but that's all, just you know that's that's that hurt absolutely us as well. a factor. But also, <laughs> stick a fork. In that, that's up. back in November. Like the reason we do we don't do fork in week thirteen when it's obvious who's out. We we went with what we thought, and it was not illogical. Uh, if someone had gone hard to save the Jaguars, they would have looked. Though. That's well, why the fork. The we did segment six of them, and we lost. Away. We lost one. I mean, I think, all right. I think oh, yeah. we lost the second. Just one? No, that was it. The if we Packard, lost multiples, I'd say we're out. No, the we Packers the ended Packers up not stuff. making it. Oh. Yeah. The Lions saved us uh, some embarrassment. But yeah, uh, our listeners in Jacksonville, let us know uh, what your favorite charity is here. And uh, oh, we, we, we do. Greg will empty out his pockets. We, we're all going to donate. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's pick uh, these two games before we take a break. We got a blowout in the first game. We don't need to talk about that. We locked that up. This game, who you got, Mark? I'm going to go Jaguars uh, mm. 24-21 in overtime. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I, I did like what I saw out of Trayvon Walker last week. I'd love to see him show up in a big spot, but I'm taking Justin Herbert. We, we barely talked that this is Justin Herbert's first playoff game. 
I think it's Herbert a beautiful Hive is going to be on overdrive. Yes, I think it's will. a beautiful spot for him to show that to me he's on another level of Trevor Lawrence. They're pretty even teams. Take the better quarterback. All right. What about I think you? the Jaguars win. I think the mm. Jaguars have an underrated home field advantage. Building's going to be going off, and uh, the Chargers. I don't know. I, I I said it myself at the top of this that like let's try to move on from what happened last week with the Bolts. I just I worry. I worry. I worry. Especially if Williams doesn't play, they're not going to be able to keep pace. So I'm going to go Jaguars, twenty-four to twenty. Wow, you and I are one point off from the same prediction. Bang! Oh, you took the Jags too. Do you not even remember that? That was like a minute no, and a half ago. I thought you took the charge. I see how the show works. Doesn't matter. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring. Your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, welcome back. Oh, Greg, I got some breaking news. Okay. Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta has been selected as the site of a potential Buffalo-Kansas City AFC AFC Championship game. That comes from the league. Um, I like that turf over there in uh, Atlanta. It's, no, I the, think the, the coloration is off. If back in August you told the city of Atlanta you'd be hosting a conference title game, I don't think this is what they would have imagined. <laughs> but um, I know I can think of I I definitely am into stadiums how they look on television. I'm with you, Dan. Um, Atlanta would not have been. My Beautiful facility. It, there's no one is questioning that. It's that turf. or something off. Something turf. just seems a little strange on TV. Maybe in the person. Lighting. I, I agree. The lighting does look a little strange, but it's one of the nicest ones in person. We've been there. Gorgeous. And and they, that, but the, maybe but the only, nicest. Only a small fraction of humanity will be there in person. That's sort of my issue. Is I do like that it's not a weather event. game. I'm all for seeing Josh Allen uh, and Patrick Mahomes if that's the game, and if it's not the it game, won't be, it won't you be know there. How sports are right then yeah, in this I, league. I'd, I'd like to just see them at the peak of their powers. Yes, not there mess was there was Skyler Thompson on turf. Yes, there was debate about oh, should it be an outdoor game because they're outdoor teams? Calm down. Let's just get on a nice field and have a nice fun 38-31 shootout. And with that said, let's talk about the Buffalo Bills, who are uh, the biggest favorite of the week. The desert has them at laying that big time wood thirteen. Uh, as the Miami Dolphins come to town, Tua has been ruled out. Tua ain't playing, and that's the right move, uh, given all the what we've learned this season about the head injury that he sustained and then aggravated um, a few weeks back. So now you get probably Skylar Thompson, a, a rookie, a, a day three pick rookie, uh, maybe Teddy Bridgewater, as of taping, it's up in the air. Uh, Teddy suffered the d- dislocated pinky in Week 17, did not play in Week 18 in a must-win game, and is not practicing right now. Limited, but it sounds Limited. like he can't really make the throws necessary. So it's bad news because you could look at it, obviously, as, all right, go back to December, and the Dolphins had a really good showing on a Saturday night against the Bills, took him to the very limit, and you needed Josh Allen uh, heroics in the fourth quarter to wipe out uh, a deficit, and they and they squeeze by, and that was with Tua playing. Tua playing at a high level. You don't got that here, and 
in general, it just feels like these teams are in totally different places now. Miami has not played well in a very long time. Yeah, I since mean, this that is, game. This is sort of the mm-hmm. trick when you add these seventh playoff teams because you're going to get situations like this. Um, with Miami, it's been the story of their season. They've just not been able to go wire to wire with the quarterback they want. And I think there is, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. You, I know, Greg, you're a big Teddy guy. But you could make this argument that the drop off between Tua to Teddy would be not that big of a problem to go to Skylar Thompson, who was a bit of a preseason star. Uh, he just doesn't look ready for this. Like I, he can do a couple things that are a little different, I guess, out of structure, but that's not going to happen in this game. I think if you're Miami, you, how do you not, you can't, you can't go down shootout Avenue with Josh Allen, who in week three there. <laughs> piled up 447 yards against the dolphins. And in that week 15 game, I thought that, you know, they had their issues and the dolphins hung around and were able to get on Buffalo's defense. But he had those 77 rushing yards and ran so well and made such a difference. It's just like you're going to get that from Josh Allen against Miami no matter what. So what do you do? I think, if anything, you may be – now, Raheem Mostert is dealing with – he had thumb surgery this week. But Mostert was pretty great against the Bills in that last matchup. And maybe you steal possessions. I don't know what your other move is. Yeah, the running game, possibly losing Mostert is just just adds insult to injuries. It's not just the Teddy and Tua – quarterback situation, which is the most important one. But you know how many starting offensive linemen practiced for the Dolphins on Uh Wednesday? Granted, it's early in the week, but you know how many? One. We haven't seen Teron Armstead in weeks. He said he he was recommended to have surgery back in week one, but tried to play through it, and he's going to try to play this game. But Skylar Thompson's not playing with the full deck here. We might not have Mostert. Bradley Chubb played limited snaps that last week, did not look like himself. Xavier Howard played last week, but did not look like himself and isn't practicing. These are all their best players. It, it's just disappointing. It's just bad luck because you know, I actually thought this was a good matchup for them relatively compared to having to play like the Chiefs or the Bengals. It was a division opponent that they basically had played to a draw in two games. And I thought, OK, they're familiar. It could have been competitive. But with all these injuries, it's hard to imagine. Yeah, I mean, the the Dolphins season kind of changed at halftime of that Packers game. They took the Bills to the limit, had a lead on the Packers at halftime, or throwing the ball all over the field, and then Tua gets hurt, throws the three picks, and they found a way to get by the Jets uh, last week, but we know the problems the Jets were having by the end of the season, and they did it because they ran the football. And I don't know, like I'm not a doctor, but if you have a broken thumb, Raheem Mostert has a broken thumb, how do you carry a football as a running back? Ball security is uh, obviously tantamount this time of year. Ooh. It is... A little tantamount usage. I like that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and you put it all together, and I don't think – I don't know if Miami scores a touchdown in this game, let alone hangs <laughs> in it. So this this to me, I'm locking up the Bills here. I got to make up two games on Rosenthal here in the lock challenge. And, and here's the thing, Greg, and you might remember this. You've won before, but it was a long time ago now. It was only two years ago and um, three years ago. So I this had, would be three out of four. I think yeah. I had either a two or a three game lead in the playoffs last year. And uh, I got through the wild card round because you should be able to find something very, uh, some layups in the wild Food. card weekend. Starting next round, divisional round playoffs, title game, Super Bowl, you can make up three games. Mark, you're out two, right? Or one? I'm out two, but last year I came right. roaring back. Almost on got you. me. Yeah. Um, I needed that Super Bowl win by the Rams. We can still get you. Sure. Yeah. We can still get you. You texted us worried that all five of us were going to take uh, the bills. So I guess you were just I'm kind of stunned. I'm you're, stunned. Uh, speaking that you were talking I'm about a yourself. poor sportsman, though, as you know. That wasn't so. it. It just felt like <laughs> eh, that's. I'm confident in both. And 
I You're lo- right. I, this guy, I was thinking more early in the week when it was Teddy. I actually even felt more confident in the 49ers than I did in the Bills. Yeah. Now that it's Skylar Thompson, you're right. Probably I would take the Bills. But and I, the last time we, we saw Miami. Probably you take the Bills? Just like if my <laughs> life – I'm saying if my life depended on it, but for some reason the Skylar Thompson – it doesn't even feel fun. I feel so, bad for this team. Of course, we know Miami lost five straight. They got the win to get in the playoffs 11-6 to six over the Jets. They ran the ball well. I don't think they'll be able to do that here. And Skylar Thompson, any everything I've seen from him playing, he kind of – the Jets had a, a allergic reaction to making big plays on defense in terms of game-changing turnovers last this season. Uh, but he threw some balls up, and they protected Thompson. He's going to have to attack. This one's going to get bad. This one, this one, this one could be a fifty burger. This could be like a fifty to six type game. Well, and we're and maybe you know that like the the world marches on, but the Bills. And- I'm sorry, Dolphins fans. By the way, you're going to be mad at me for even saying that, but that's just the vibe I, I have. I think Dolphins fans. And if they're sensible, get where they are. Get where Henry what's didn't want right them now. in the playoffs for this that, game. He was worried of, about this. Why, why would you want your team in this state to go into the playoffs? And just right. it kind of erases things. But I think we're not that far away. If you're in Buffalo, if you're the Bills, from everything that's happened over the past couple of weeks, and this crowd is going to be absolutely on fire. This is the game where Buffalo just, I think, simply explodes. Except when every single person is saying that, I don't know. Well, the and way I this think, whole thing, I works. think it's worth pointing out: the Bills have not looked like the best team in football over the last month. That Patriots game was fascinating and the kickoff returns were like inspiring, but otherwise they kind of played them even. It, it, you know, even yards per play, even back and forth. I think it was a extraordinary great... circumstances all around that team yeah. that I, right. I but even in even a couple well. weeks before that, because they've been missing a lot of their players. Now they might get Micah Hyde back in future weeks. They're off. Their pass rush is kind of down to Greg Rousseau. They need their other guys to step up. They did not have good weeks a week ago, like the Ed Olivers, um, even the Matt Milano's, who is coming off of an injury. Not that I'm worried about Matt Milano, but I just. I think they can play better. I think they will uh, play better. But there's a chance here for the Dolphins if they look at Christian Wilkins, who dominated that game a few weeks ago, four weeks ago. Jalen Phillips, if you get Chubb back, that, that up front they could win that battle, defensive line Fine, on the Bills' maybe, offensive maybe, line. But like, I, if you I'm get, just saying, if they you gotta, get a game where Josh Allen, which he's done this in the last, you know, sort of all season long, but especially it's crept up a couple of plays where it's like, what are you looking at, Josh Allen? A, te- some terrible red zone turnovers. If you could force the Bills. Into, oh, that, into mistakes. I thought he played next level, though, last week. But he, he was but the he best player does. in the league. But he had not, one play where he got hit, but other than that, he was like, oh, my God, is he back on. to like, last year's he's, playoff he's, He is, like, generating turnovers, but I would also tell Josh Allen, don't change anything you're doing because the reason some of them happen is because he's got so much confidence just throwing the ball downfield. It's like Allen still can be the best player with the turnovers, but that's yeah. been the case in multiple games. Uh, I think what Henry Hodgson, our dear friend, um, who runs the show over in the UK for the NFL, uh, longtime Dolphins fan. I'm thinking of Henry as Rocky Balboa trying to convince Apollo Creed not to fight Drago in that exhibition. Because he well, that was good advice. He, he does not. Well, he didn't listen to it. And the Dolphins, yeah. they're going to go up to Western New York and, you know, they're going to come home in a box. I mean, what are they? Are they supposed to not go? Got to go. Well, you, you could have a conversation about it. I mean, weird, weird, weird things can happen. I just, I'm just saying, there's this one little situation where the Bills that. totally collapsed and had turnovers. You know what? So not against Skylar Thompson. Speaking of high school sports, uh, I was on the uh, Pearl River uh, varsity basketball team in 1997-98. We went three and 17, and uh, the sectionals tournament was coming up in New York. Uh, all the best teams throughout the state, 
And we drew, obviously, a very low seed. Um, and we were going to go, be going against, I believe it was Peekskill, who was led by a phenom named Elton Brand, who went on to be, I believe, a top pick of the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, and number the, one overall draft pick. He might even, he went to Duke, I believe, and then, yeah, went to, uh, was he number one overall? He I think was. he might have been. 76ers, was it? And our coach asked the team, hey, do you guys want to play this guy? And the team literally voted not to play <laughs> in the game. <laughs> So, Wait, your record going was three and seventeen. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I hate that. It's like everyone. If you could have projected, you probably would go pro at some point or had the chance. You could tell everyone that you played against Elton Brand. Like your your story is that you voted not. I to wasn't play him. playing. I was the I was the sharpshooter that was typically on the bench. But I I could tell you Did that. Did you have a vote? Um, I mean, I was like fine with me. It was more like the seniors. <laughs> I wasn't a senior. The I seniors kind of voted on it, yeah. and it was like okay, nobody was. Everybody's ready for that season to end. I love it. A lot of sports. A lot of. Amateur high school sports talk. Pretty good. I was a javelin thrower. Could throw it about the length of a house. <laughs> Draft, by the way. Drafted by the Bulls. You were right. Number I'm, one overall. I'm very um, annoyed. I'm annoyed now um, because I said Tanamont and I was very excited about it. I meant Paramount. You know, I think if you had Totally not, different had meanings. You, but had you, had you not, um, you would probably get one or two tweets, but had you not self-corrected yourself in the show... 96% of listeners would, have, would just think that you were smart. I know. Showing some integrity there. That's integrity from the old zoo, sir. I mean, we could, fl- we could spin it that way. Oh, uh, well, you know, it's You're already a showman, been said. too. Maybe don't correct yourself. It's already been said. Maybe the showman, he brought it back to himself there by talking about it some more and we then showed the that. integrity. We could that's debate showman. that after the show. That's showmanship. Let's, uh, before we keep going, let's take a break, actually. Halftime. Let's mm. check in and go get my lunch. Let's see where we're at. Oh, from the season. Yeah, yeah. I think they're pretty much settled. So I figured this is a good spot to take a look at the Go Get My Lunch. Let's start with Mark Sessler, who enters. Um, oh, you have one outstanding mark. Um, you are 5-10 and ten right now. Here we go. Jimmy G will start a game for a team other than the Niners in 2022. That is incorrect. Yeah. Colleen, Dan, and I both. Uh, all, all picked all up sandwiches. Here. Do we have any uh, dings or you know sounds for this, uh, Graver? It would be good. A regular season game will finish in under two hours and 29 minutes. Dan and Greg. Colleen said, oh, no, I'm going to stay away from that one, apparently. That's always the fun part. <laughs> no, was she? In, yeah, why would you not take that? I don't know, but that never happened. That was so improbable. There were some games that were about 240 or so, but uh, you did not get that one. And what was the the 229? Is that the record? Is that- Yes. Uh, that would have been the record, which, you know, Greg and I tracked that, I think, literally pretty precisely every week. Games that might be there, and it's just like, don't make that sandwich bet again. Two coaches from the same team get into a fist fight. Oh, an old Sestog classic. Uh, didn't happen. Colleen, Dan, Greg all picking up sandwiches there. Well, that's trying to turn, go showman. get my lunch. It's a showman's that's move. A showman's I don't move. care about my record. It's a showman's know? move. Yeah. Uh, we know that by now. Uh, and finally, one outstanding for you, buddy. The NFC South division winner wins a playoff game. Greg did not take you that on. Was, that was a mid-season one. Yeah, I didn't like that. It was like Bucks at home because uh, it was like week five when things were all falling apart or week I'm eight I'm feeling or good about that. I'm not feeling terrible. I'm feeling pretty no, good. they're barely an underdog. Claybon and Dan took you on that one. All right, Greggy, you're 10-8 and eight right now. Jalen Hurts makes the initial NFC Pro Bowl team. Bam. Might be the starter. Got it. Picked up three Got sandwiches it. That was uh, prophetic. By the way, the old uh, Zeuser brought it up on the Tuesday show. What's up with uh, Jalen Hurts hurting really bad? He came out in the media today. Hurts said he's happy that there's no game this weekend, and he can't guarantee he'll be 100%. 
um, a week. Why, why from, are we telling people this? I, I don't know. They're being very open this. about the situation, but he's being asked and he's being honest. So uh, the Browns will end with one of the five worst records in the NFL. There's there was some wish casting there by Greggy, but they did not. Uh, Colleen, Dan, and Mark all. They were two games. I'm looking now. They would have had to be two games worse. Seven and ten would not have gotten it. Five and twelve would have gotten it. Though. There you go. Yep. The Broncos missed the playoffs and have a sourced report of differences between Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. I love that one. I mean, Greg. why is he not getting that? I should get credit for that. Well, yeah. there wasn't well, a sourced wasn't. report of, uh, of differences. Well, I mean, I don't know. This I, is not horseshoes, and this is not hand grenades. I got to. Well, that was supposed to be the onion hanger. The, yeah. the report was the the onion. Unfortunately, they seemed to really get along and like <laughs> right. each other. They were just were terrible. Yeah. Nathan, everything we heard was that Nathaniel Hackett was a nice, nice man. Yeah. Who hip, just hip hop instructor? Was, he kind of gone up one level too high. Yep. Peter Pal- Principal. Right, your strong pew there, though. But yeah, you. If Hackett would have survived the season, maybe there would have been some agents dropping some nugs. Never happened for you. Uh, Jerry Rosberg came into town instead. I saw I saw a headline <laughs> I love, yesterday. I love Jerry Rosberg. Like which which do Broncos fans want more, Rosberg or Jim Harbaugh? I was like, what is happening here? There's a there's a big Rosberg contingent in the Denver media. Yeah, but they got you to look at that headline. Right? He must be that very nice. Gotcha. They got you to. They, now we're now we're talking about it on the show. Gotcha. So they they want. The old Zeuser is 10 and 4. Well, how about that? Well, big let's, let's hang on, see. hang on. Rams <laughs> trade for a splashy defensive lineman. They tried to, in fact. I think they offered two first round picks for uh, who did they offer? Chubb. I mean, Brian not, Burns. Not for, for Brian Burns. Oh, there right. was also, I heard some behind the scenes stuff too, that they offered like two mid round picks for Marcus Davenport, which is an ultimate lose lose. <laughs> but it's Saints, how did you not take that trade? So, I, and that was my thinking was they. They didn't expect to lose Von Miller, and they were going to need somebody to juice up. They tried. It didn't happen. Nothing worked for the Rams, and it cost me sandwiches. But you guys didn't take me on it. Nobody took me on it. It seemed very Rams-esque. I think they, they were they tried smart to not it, to take so. you because they tried so hard. Yeah. So yeah. sort of like, yeah. Sure. Antonio Brown is sa- signed to a team in 2022. Only Greg took me on it. See, that's why I have a, a good record in part. Um, you know what? Uh, he just got crazier and crazier. To the yeah. point where he was like, I think just like breaking the law in public pools and stuff. It was, you know, uh, Tua loses the starting QB role to Teddy Bridgewater for performance reasons. Uh, that was not right. Greg and Mark uh, both picked up sandwiches. That, Tua, that seemed like a popular concept back then, though. Yeah, and Tua played excellent football for half the season and was injured and not so good. And uh, the other half, we'll see what his future is. Uh, in Miami, the Jags will still be in the playoff race in Week 18. They were, and they won. Yeah, you got the us there. I remember us South like there. not really. That was a good one by you. And then uh, <laughs> this one's oh what a what a what a turn of events for uh, tugboat. The Seahawks have a top five pick in the 2023 draft. Greg took me on it, and let's. I thought the Seattle Seahawks would be terrible, Gino. That's why I did it. Think about oh, the other you, side of it. That's a, such a great Russell Wilson being terrible <laughs> and getting us into the top five from the back door. My love opens the door. Ooh, but you didn't bring that up. Opens you didn't bring that up as a p- possibility. You said the Seahawks are going to stink and did have one of the top. Did you check the audio? We did have Drew. Uh, we did. Said, we well, did. Well, Drew yeah, brought yeah. it up to me. I wasn't really Greg's on top best. of this situation. Yes, you are on top of Drew it. Drew brought it up to me. We listened to it. Oh, you listen to it together. This is this is so much better than anything else. Well, it, what's even better is I want you to take this sandwich. The the stain on your integrity no. for taking it. 
I am uh, totally it would be worth it. To I me. am totally open to listening to it and getting even Drew to get on mic for once this year and let us know what he thought. But it has to be the wording has to be clear. I have to say it's got to be because of their record. Well, you don't if say it's at all nebulous. You don't bring up the, the Broncos at all. But do we have the sound, Justin Graver? It's we paramount do. that we listen to the sound. The team that that said we're going to trade a Hall of Fame quarterback with five years five years of prime re- remaining and get Drew Block Drew Drew Lock back in the deal. I can't even talk right now. I'm so pumped up about this one. The Seahawks are going to have a, a top five pick in the 2023 draft. This is going to go really poorly. Yeah. I think we're going to have to maybe put it to a vote on Twitter. <laughs> I think that's fair. And I'll be and I will on Twitter. I don't know, whatever. Wherever we decide. If it, if it were one of ours, you would just decide for Instagram us. Instagram so stories. We'll, no, again, I'm a, a beacon of integrity here. Um, what if Justin, Greg, and I decide? No, because Greg's directly involved in it. I think he's going to be sensible about it, though. How do you know? Because he's a means? sensible individual. <laughs> sensible. If he Why want, can't the listeners decide? He knows, he knows in his heart what he was trying to do. He said the Seahawks were going to stink. If he wants to take that sandwich and, and hear about like it listen. for the next five years. Well, then the listeners years, can decide about the uh, Philly special. I actually would rather that? you take the sandwiches. I got to admit The Philly that. special. What was that? You don't need to know. You're not voting. Oh. The li- well, we're going to do what you do. We'll, take the, it to, we'll send it to the listeners. Have as them the take years care of it. go on, I have to admit, I'm starting to waver on the whole Philly special thing. Starting to. <laughs> Just beginning to. Catch up whenever you feel it's like it. It's like 2022 <laughs> and people are still talking Philly special all the time. I'm like, oh. Well. I would waver if it didn't make Mark so mad. Right. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> That's kind of why I want you to just take this sandwich because I'll bring it up often. Interesting uh, that you're almost challenging me to take the sandwich. So I will if you want me to, if you really want me to. Let's bring it to a vote on Instagram All right. story. All right. um, there you go. They, we, we should play the. Well, you heard the audio, everyone. And uh, decide not, for yourself. We know that Dan wasn't thinking about this back door. Don't don't. You don't know what I was thinking. You don't know. And you I bet. might vote in a way you wouldn't. Um, you would surprise you. I and I'm. However, anybody votes, I'm fine with. I'm. I'm totally cool with it. But just make sure what you're voting on is based on the exact wording in the end. That's what it's about. Colleen, Derek Carr. She's five and four. Derek Carr throws more touchdowns than Tom Brady. What was the final tally there, Grave Digger? Derek Carr threw 24 touchdown passes this season. Tom Brady threw 25. Oh, that's a like bad beat. I can't even remember 25 Tom Brady touchdowns this oh, season. Oh, that's a bad beat. His car got benched, too, in the last two games. Cost her three sandwiches yeah, there. Yeah, Brady went down 18 touchdowns from a year ago. Jeez. So she, she's another right church she was, she was, she was in the right house. The Eagles won't win a playoff game. Wow, Connie. Yeah, and she was like she, nagging them. She, as usual, she didn't quite understand the, the rules. She, was she did confused. like playoff stuff. Uh, she has the Bills win the Super Bowl. We so all she might her lose six, six sandwiches here. Yeah, coming up. I, mean, I don't think it's going to keep her up at night. But and uh, Grave Digger will bring you in on this one. Uh, four sandwiches lost, zero gained. Uh, there's always one producer bit. It uh, bet it is, uh, or wager or a prop. Um, and you went, the Colts will finish in last place in the AFC South. Where did they finish? They finished third, but they finished last, I mean, not last, but of AFC in your South heart. teams in your power rankings. Right. So yeah, that kind of counts to for these, something. No, to the specific language of the sandwich bet, no, it does not. <laughs> I do the power rankings, I should have that just doesn't said, count for anything. I should have said they will be the worst team in the AFC mm. South. No, that's well, that doesn't mean no, that's that's that Came down to that tie, that week one tie. I know. was really the whole season. You got season. banged by a half a game. 
Yep. But they tried their best for you. They lost seven in a row to close that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I was one of the out. only people in the world who saw a poor Colts season coming. Everyone oh. else was picking them to win the AFC South. Right. What a hero. Yeah. Thank Good you. Good job, buddy. All right, let's uh, take a break, and we'll get to the rest of the playoff games. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, welcome back. Let's get back into it. Another Sunday affair, and this is my favorite game of uh, the weekend just because I feel like we're going to get something that's going to go down to the wire. It's going to go back and forth. Um, the New York Giants, 9-7-1 and one, at Minnesota Vikings, 13-4. and four. And you'd say, oh, this is one of those games with a nine-point wood. No, no nine-point wood here. Three-point wood for the Vikings, uh, who obviously have not been a team uh, that have dominated much at all this season, uh, and yet they had this tremendous record. And the Giants played the Vikings, Greg, very tightly on Christmas Eve, losing on a 61-yard Greg Joseph field goal at the gun, but moved the ball well there and really uh, showed that they were very close to Minnesota's level. Um, I see a very similar type of game uh, here coming down to a field goal at the end. How about you? I agree. I took the Giants in this game on on the game picks uh, on NFL.com, partly because I think the whole idea that they're not that talented is not totally true anymore. I mean, the defensive line is talented. The defensive line hit the crap out of Kirk Cousins the first time around. Dexter Lawrence this season has been ridiculous. He's going to be an all-pro. He has 40 pressures lined up as a nose tackle. The next closest guy at that position has 13 pressures. And he's going up either against a compromised or a third string center this week uh, against Minnesota. They've in, they've lost Brian O'Neill, their right tackle the Vikings have in the meantime. And you've got Aziz Ojolari, Aziz Ojolari on the outside. You've got Kayvon Thibodeau. You've got Leonard Williams. Kirk Cousins is the most hit quarterback in the league. No one was hit more than him. And he's held up pretty well. He's played well against pressure, but he has not played well against the Blitz. According to PFF, he was 33rd out of 42 qualifying quarterbacks against the Blitz. When he played the Giants the first time around, we know the Giants love to Blitz. They went from blitzing more than any team in the league to blitzing more than half the snaps that they even could, which is high even for the Giants. I think they're just going to come after Kirk Cousins, and I kind of like their coaching staff, Wink Martindale, to come up with a scheme here in the second media in a month. I'm with you. That was the most pressures in a game all year for the Giants. And you're right. That's exactly what it looked like. And you can do that against that Cousins. Good, it's a Kayvon Thibodeau game. It's a Wink Martindale game. I mean, the Giants in that game gave up 133 yards and a touchdown to Justin Jefferson. TJ Hawkinson fried him for 100-plus and two touchdowns. And it still fair. went down That's to fair. the end. But I'm saying that, can, that probably can still possibly happen. And the Giants can hang around in this because that was the game where it's like Daniel Jones, if you're going to have – one of these contests where you go nuts through the air, 
It's, this is the time against Minnesota's leaky secondary, their defense, which is a mess, threw for 334, which is about 130 more than he averages per game. I think he can do it again. There was reporting that over the Ooh. last couple weeks of the season that Brian Dable and Mike Kafka were running a more conventional, conventional passing offense, not using as much rollouts, and that Daniel Jones has responded. And it's like that changes what their offense was. We, we thought for so long, it was like if Saquon Barkley doesn't explode, if Daniel Jones doesn't run for 75 on the ground, the Giants – don't have a chance. I'm not sure that's the case because guys like Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James are better than their names. It's like people don't talk about these guys, but they've been pretty good. And in that game, they combined for almost 200 yards against the Vikings. So I like that opportunity for New York's offense to be better than it's been in other situations. And I kind of just Is trust he going to do it? Well, I've already done it. No, I'm not going to do it. It's going to go down to the last possession. But before that Greg Joseph field goal... Daniel Jones led them on a one-minute drill and, and, and put them in a position to win. It's like this was a great game by Daniel Jones, and what's changed so much about this Vikings defense that couldn't ha- have a chance to duplicate that? Yeah, I remember watching this game in, in my backyard with uh, Keith and uh, my dad, who hates the Giants. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, oh, he hates Jets them. Jets fan. He does. Yeah, a lot of Jets fans hate the Giants, some, and some are the opposite. You some spent kind half of your life playing in Giants Stadium. That's a slap in the it, face. It's more the the media coverage yeah. and, and the Jets being overlooked and also, quite frankly, not as good for all these years, and you just want to see that you don't need the Giants to get the shine. So he was very ha- happy when Joseph hit the kick. Um, I was kind of bummed because I, I don't have a, that issue with the Giants, certainly since I moved to California and didn't get the saturated New York coverage of the Giants. Um I was, came out of that game like, man, Daniel Jones, that's cool, man. That He's throwing the ball downfield. He's on target, on time. And it told me two things, that that was in Jones, and we hadn't seen it much uh, from him to that point uh, to be able to light up a secondary. And it also was like, oh, so anybody can throw on Minnesota's secondary. <laughs> like, if you have a quarterback that you can keep upright – Guys are going to get open, and they can hit throws, and I think they're going to do it again. Remember, Saquon was not 100% throughout December, and I don't know if he's 100% now, but I know that he's basically on two weeks rest in this game. So he only had 14 carries in that Minnesota game. I think they'll have a more balanced uh, game plan, but when they need to throw the ball, I think Jones will deliver and make throws. So then it becomes a situation to me, can the the Vikings offense have a big-time game can they have a huge afternoon where Cousins throws for 350 and you get Thielen getting a couple touchdowns and Jefferson being a monster and Hawkinson making plays he had 13 catches Hawkinson against the Giants last time these two teams met and two touchdowns there is a possibility that the Vikings in their building to start the playoffs go nuts on the Giants and have a big game on offense but I kind of see it the way you guys do. I think it's it's going to come down to it, and I think it is like a again like a twenty seven twenty four type game. I don't, I don't see the Dayball Giants as a team that goes in to Minnesota and gets blown out. I just don't think that that's their DNA. I'm They're, a little worried though. Everyone's going to be picking the Giants. That's on me. I, I, I think it's. I don't have a problem with saying the the Vikings could easily win this. I just think it's a close game. They may, the Giants might get Adoree Jackson. He. We'll see. You might not get 100%, but that would help. That would be huge. They had Fabian Moreau traveling with Jefferson last yeah. time, which is tough. Yeah. and uh, why, why did they – can I ask you a question? Because, yes. we, Dan, we were in the newsroom when there was a thing on an NFL Network where it was talking about the Giants as a blue-collar team. And I, I, get, I kind of get um, spiritually what people are talking right. about when they say that, but – I, that kind of thing bugs me because I, they're, not, <laughs> they're, not, they're not – it's not a run-and-shoot team that's scoring 48 points, right. but every NFL team is pulling – 
um, players from like Iowa to play on the offensive line. Like, there's a lot of meat and potatoes type sure. dudes. What, what makes the Giants blue collar? Are we just used blue to saying that? Too, like top. It's 10 not picks, just their color, their, color. their jersey. It's their color. It's meant and, like, to mean that they're not you know, half frilly the stadium and, you know, in the Meadowlands is filled with uh, guys from uh, the Union from uh, Northern New Jersey. I get that, but there's other teams like that, not from Jersey. There's other Maybe it's just that they've played above their heads. That Daniel Jones, not that he's a blue collar quarterback, but Hodgins and James and this team in general, no one expected. That's maybe it. They bring their lunch pail to the game. It's so obvious that it's slapped on the Giants. It would never be like the time, the years when under Jim Harbaugh when the Niners were destroying people with like heavy pack. That was a blue collar team, but it's San Francisco, so it doesn't apply. It it doesn't really make sense. picture this, the whole team leaving the tunnel to head toward the field and like, hey guys, where's your helmets? We don't need the helmets, and they put on hard hats because they're blue collar. Okay, if they right. do it, that, I would buy it. It doesn't really know? check out. Like, Kayvon Thibodeau is a top five pick. Work Dexter, right. Dexter Lawrence Oregon, is, is an know. all pro. Uh, they they have premier talent. Sa- Saquon Bart, like, part of it doesn't match up. I know Vikings fans listening to this would be like, you guys are just talking about the Giants. There are, are ways for the Vikings to win this game, one. certainly. <laughs> I think they, they need a better game out of Dalvin uh, Cook. Dalvin Cook has... Didn't quite have as good a season this season, uh, and their running game hasn't been quite as hey, good. Hey, remember the Seth Walder uh, article I, I, I surfaced from ESPN where you talk about the guys that are quietly not having big-time years? Yeah. He has not been as good, I don't think, this year. I right, agree. He, was, he was on that list. But I yeah. think you could attack him. You mentioned Hawkinson. It'll be a lot of Hawkinson on Landon Collins. Landon Collins has been a great story coming back, but, like, that's a mismatch. Justin Jefferson on anyone, that's a mismatch. Like, they are a good – just go, just go do what you've done in these games that you've won by one score, which is 11 of them and not lost any. Just like, Justin Jefferson and Hawkinson went off last time. Right. It just has to happen again. It's crazy, though. I mean, the, the Vikings finished the season. I had to check this. Uh, 27th in DVOA, like in the NFL. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, the Giants were only 21st, so it's like they're, they're, this is both a, it's a straight, but they finished 27th. And I think I really it comes down to me when I was picking it, it was like, 27th. I really like o- 27. I like O'Connell. I think O'Connell versus Wink Martindale. Great matchup. Got a, got a lot of wins on both sides. Then it's Brian Dable versus Ed Donatel. And Ed Donatel feels like like you're repl- like you're filling science teacher or something. Ouchers. That's so passive. I don't think he's going to be there next year. Like they've played a little more man coverage and blitzed a little more lately. Like they've kind of woken up a little. Like let's do something Vikings defense because they have some players, but that's where there the are, mismatch is. Here's the thing with the Vikings, why they're such a fun, strange team. There are layers of like misinformation and uh, like this onion of like figuring out whether they're a good team or not. Like they're 27th ranking in DVOA. And for those that don't know, Greg, how about a real quick uh, refresher on what DVOA even is? It's basically a snap to snap uh, a adjustment of how efficient their offense, defense, and special teams are combined for the season, adjusted for the teams that they've played. And so one of the reasons the Vikings are so bad there is because every game is close except for the four that they got waxed. Right. Well, see, I, I was teeing you up to do the DVOA thing, and then I was going to come back with that oh. note, but then you took it from me. No, that's gonna stick. With, that's gonna stick. What? With no, me. which part? What did I wanted you, you what to say you what DVOA say? was, and then I was gonna say that's what DVOA is. Now look at some of these games: 40 to three. That week two Eagles game, which was way worse than twenty four seven, that affected and kind of spiked their number downward. Yes, uh, they're probably just like more closer, like a middle of the pack type. Yeah, but team. a team yes. that's capable of getting blown out three or four times is usually not a team you can trust. 
Well, but everything, they, the, their wins have come in a way that won't come again in another, the next 30 Viking seasons. Well, they only need to do it once. Uh, and the, the Giants have won a lot of close games, though, too. I think they're they either 8-3-1 and one in one-score games or 9-3-1, and one, something they like that. They both have so. a negative point differential. That does not happen with two playoff teams facing each other often This is a fun game. All. I'm with you. It's and I don't want to belabor because I said it on Power Rings, too. But, like, here's the other thing about the Vikings. You could think that they are a 13-4 and four division winner that deserves respect. You could see them as a total fluke when you look at their season and, and this is not sustainable on any level. It doesn't matter because now we're in the right. playoffs and these things get sorted out real quick, either this Sunday or the next. We've said how this is going to go. They're going to win one of these in the last second in a way that makes us – it's very Viking, Vikings-ish. And then they're going to get their, All right, let's do- it their then. doors blown off next week. So you got the Vikings by a field goal. Sure. I don't want to force you into it, but I thought you yeah, kind of went I down will. that I road. I think they're absolutely. I felt that all along that they're going to win this in Minnesota fashion at home against a Giants team that's not much better or worse than them. And then next week, check you later. I'm with you. Absolute heartbreaker for the Giants here. That's my oh, prediction. Yep. Let's go. What what world are we in that I'm the one picking the Giants here? I'm I do think they're playing their best football. Though. 27 type heartbreak. Uh, the Giants play really well, and the Vikings do that thing that they do close a game strong and shock an opponent that thought they had a win in the I bag. have 20 to 14 in overtime. Vikings touchdown in overtime. It goes in 14 Minnesota 14. has 14 points at I, the end of regulation. I'm just saying it's going to be a weird wow. game. Wow, and they're going to they're going to still win. Okay. With don't, don't hit me about 42 and 47 anymore. I'm the real believer in the Giants <laughs> this year. Is he going to Greg, 74th team that he's now the real I'm not a believer, but I I believe they're playing their best ball right now, and they'll win. Uh, All right. We got two more games to get to. By the way, that game will have uh, Burkhart and Olsen on it uh, for Fox. Mm, Love it. I I notice here that Sanchez is not getting a game here, and I understand that we knew that Joe Davis and Daryl Johnson are ahead of Kugler and Sanchez in the pecking order, and I got respect for uh, Big Joe and uh, the Moose, but... Come on, Sanchez has had a big year in the that, That'll change. They're salty. They're salty. That'll change. How yeah. did he get that thing through there? Like trying to fit a camel in a matchbox, Kevin. Look at this window. Where's the teen one? We need the, the search I mean, Shelton's got that one. clearing out defenders faster than a teenager clears his search history on his web browser. Holy smokes. Th- this is what you get from Mark Sanchez uh, this weekend. We, we're giving it to you. That's all you'll get. Hmm. But he'll get back in the mix. Hopefully. How about, how about Al Michaels Soon. back on NBC for that Saturday night Chargers game? That surprised me. That's wonderful. Is it? Are you sure? That's mm-hmm. confirmed. Wow, that's great. Good, good, good. All right, let's move to the other. Plugged en- in, Al Michaels. Yeah, I hope so. The other NBC uh, game, you have the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. Sunday night football, Tariko and Collinsworth in the booth. You know who Al's doing the game with, did you say? Tony Dungy. Yeah, that's a little interesting. Why don't we double dip with Collinsworth? How much money is he making over there? Get him back in there. I'm sure a certain amount of money could well, make that they're happen. One day apart, it, it would. You know, they so like we to went do from the having, preseason meetings. We're getting Herb Street like working four games in two days, and that's all we ever hear about. And then the college football season ends, and now we're not getting Herb Street in the booth. Well, it's not on Amazon. It's yeah, it's a it's a strange situation. <laughs> Shockingly, those those two aren't a package deal necessarily. All right. Anyway, here we go, uh, Greg. The Ravens at Bengals. Uh, the latest on Lamar Jackson, still not good. Has he practiced yet? No. And uh, just as we're recording, Ian Rappaport. Developing uh, news. Noted that Lamar Jackson was not at practice. But mm. Snoop Huntley, 
The kids call him Snoop. Tyler is what I call him. I don't know the name personally. I feel like Tyler's more appropriate. Why is everyone calling him Snoop now? Did you know that Snoop opened a a store across the street from our office? Yeah. I mean, it's been there the whole time, but they re Well, I think he expanded it. Yeah, expanded it. An eatery. Um, And uh, as I pulled into the office today, there was a long line of people Mm -hmm. uh, waiting to get into the Snoop merch shop. I don't know what's going on in there. But uh, well, some they had Snoop a, Pop. Yeah, they had a big sort of opening day, you know, last week. Same deal. Big line. I got to go check it out. There's a delicious Jamaican uh, or rather, uh, yeah, Jamaican food uh, chicken place. At our old uh, workplace, LeBron James opened a pizza place down the street. I don't know if it has something to do with our workplaces. I was going to say is a Snoop and Inglewood guy. No, but as yeah, famously, he's from Long Beach. Yeah. Well, he could probably he can claim Dre. various regions around town. I would imagine. I mean, they famously always say both, like Long Beach, Inglewood, up to no good. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, the whites are at it again. Here uh, we go. Huntley is set to start, which that's good news because yeah. he hasn't even been throwing at practice fully on Wednesday. He's been listed as limited, and that makes me more interested in this game. I feel like it's a massive drop off from Lamar Jackson to Tyler Huntley, and I know this room isn't super high in what Huntley has done, but I think Tyler Huntley gives them a chance to compete in this game in a way that Anthony Brown doesn't. I think there's a big drop from Tyler Huntley to Anthony Brown, and the reason I say that is because the Ravens with Huntley, I think, have a chance to run the ball well. They did it a week ago. They've shown some good running lately. Slow the game down and let that defense Give the Bengals problem. I think this is the best defense in the AFC. I think they gave Cincinnati all sorts of problems a week ago. I know that was a weird game, but they know this Cincinnati team. And I think more than any team maybe in the NFL, they're built to stop this Cincinnati offense because they have versatile, athletic players, big players in the secondary that can compete with these wide receivers on the outside. They're so deep at safety and cornerback. Marcus Peters is going to be back for this game that you can just throw numbers at them. Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, all these guys up at the line of scrimmage. We know they're good at the second level with their linebackers. And I did take something away from that game that they kind of handed it to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Not that they're going to hand it to him this week, but that they can at least make it a game I don't know if the Ravens offense can do anything, but I think the Bengals defense is a legit challenge for Joe Burrow. I'm with you. And you look at the fact that the Bengals are right back where they were a year ago. where You have no Lyle Collins at right tackle. Alex Kappa, ankle injury, out, ruled out at right guard. So that right side of the line, whether you're Cincinnati and trying to establish a ground game, which has been an issue for them all year long. They're not going to be able to run on They're the Ravens. Be They'll be one-dimensional. So it's like you can, you know, you're going to you're going to put Burrow into obvious passing situations, which doesn't scare me. I think the Bengals take care no, of business here, but the Ravens in general, their defense is their way out of this thing, and I it, for, for me, if you're the Ravens offense, you do get Mark Andrews back. Isaiah likely had a really good game last week. Maybe you got to get find a way. If your passing game needs to funnel to those guys for the few throws you need to make, either Gus Edwards practiced again today coming off mm. a concussion. That would be big for them. Uh, Dobbins has been really good for Dobbins them. Dobbins was, was out last week too. Yeah, I mean, that's, so that's the thing. If you go in super banged up beyond the quarterback, I just don't like their chances because I, I, I don't imagine a scenario where as well as they played against Cincinnati – that Burrow doesn't find a way. There's just some mental confidence about Burrow in this offense. Which sure. like, do you really picture them dropping a clunker in this one? I don't. No. We're going to say goodbye to the Ravens this yeah. weekend, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. 
and they can figure out what's going on with their quarterback and their skill group and come back and be a different team next year. Um, I've said it, Greg, you know that. Like, I agree that they have a very good defense, but they can't close the game to save their lives. That would ner- I'd be nervous about that if I'm a Baltimore fan. I think they're fan. a different defense since Roquan Smith got there, and there's, there is well, one exception. In every possible the way. The Jaguars game, they didn't close. That's fair. What about the Steelers game? Sunday Night Football. They didn't close that one either. I think Roquan was prominently involved there. I'm just saying, like, there That's is – I could totally see – They need their offense to do something for I them. I totally see their you. defense. There have been games like that, notably, like the Halloween night game against the Browns. A, a couple games here where Burrow and the offense has just been a tick-off. That's the key here, that the Ravens can play their best defensive game and, and Cincinnati is a little out of sorts. And maybe you get out to a lead and it becomes a different type of game. That said, I what what is so compelling and, and fun about these AFC playoffs to me is the big three are all very worthy of winning a Super Bowl this year. Um, you don't have to you don't have to um, kind of look closely and try to uh, make it happen. Like Cincinnati uh, could have easily won the Super Bowl last year. I think they're a better team this They've year. They've won eight straight. Buffalo is obviously a superpower that's ready to take that next step. Kansas City is Kansas City, the number one seed, 14 wins coming off. Obviously, uh, a terrible loss in the playoffs last year. They they won it worse than ever. Um, and I just don't see Cincinnati getting whacked here. And I, In fact, I think, again, another that, that city, Cincinnati, the terrible thing that happened with DeMar Hamlin, that uh, Nick Wessling, our friend uh, who lives there, said that the whole region was so excited for that bills Bengals game because they love the Cincinnati team and this feels like their year. That place is going to be going nuts on Sunday night, and I think the Bengals roll in this game. I think also it's whenever we talk about the Bengals, it's always their offense, their offense, their weapons. It's like their defense last January, it was the turnovers and the defense that kind of propelled them through some clunky offensive outings. And they've been second in right. takeaways per drive over the last month. And you've seen it because it wasn't just that Browns game. Like the, the Bengals offense has gone it's to sleep for halves yeah. at a time. And then this, the other half, they're fine. It's like, I, I don't know if you just automatically get out of that against this defense. You just need to do it. By the way, it happened they, in week 18 too with Cincinnati. Well, it's been, it's yeah. been what I mean. in a row. Yeah. They, right. they were kind of manhandled a little bit. But they've also won eight straight games. But when I went back to look at some other numbers, like looking at expected points added, EPA per play, like their offense was 14th since week 18. At week 14, rather, the Bengals, because they've had those stretches in the Patriots game to a lesser degree, but a, a little bit, but in the Bucks game. Last week certainly wasn't a great game. I'm not that worried. I'm a little worried that T. Higgins, after everything that happened with him being involved in that play and having maybe the worst game of his career last week, just not fighting for the ball at the catch point and was out of practice this week with an illness. You just hope he's... He in is a good back. He's mental, back on Thursday. Okay. He, yeah. You just hope he's in a good mental space because he, he kind of had a bit of a letdown game, which is understandable. I just love that there's genuine hatred between these teams. The Bengals' defense, after last week's game, talked to the Athletic and basically said they'll have something with this Ravens offense for the next week because they all but said the Ravens' offense is dirty, that they're doing stuff after the plays that they didn't appreciate, uh, that they were talking and that they were going to have something for them the next week. Tyler Boyd walked off the field, too, screaming and yelling, like, they didn't give anything to us. We took it. We took it. And I just like, I it. like it. It's a it's division good. matchup it's where the two sides legitimately do not like each other. But for that reason, I think actually it's a very challenging game for the Bengals 
just especially their offense. I think I think it'll be a little tighter if Tyler Huntley gives you anything. For the Ravens. You're always in the bag. I just think Ravens. a division game where this opponent knows you okay. well. Third time playing him two weeks. I get it. I see that. Uh, speaking of Nick Wesley. Gentlemen. I wonder where he goes here. It's finally playoff time. <laughs> I think we know. It's not going to be much of a secret who we take here. So I'm going to give a little breakdown. The Ravens offense can't move the ball consistently. consistently. They have no firepower. They haven't all year, with or without Lamar Jackson. They haven't been good. They just hope the other team makes a mistake or two and they can take advantage. That's how they've won all their games. On the other side of the ball, the Bengals offensive line, pretty banged up, no Kappa, no Collins. Been by far their two best offensive linemen all year. So there is that concern. However, the skill positions are healthy. Joe Burrow's healthy. What a break. He's gonna find someone open on every play. The Bengals start another Super Bowl run. Joe Burrow starts a Super Bowl MVP run. And the Ravens season, you guessed it, will be Nevermore. Nailed it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Up. Oh, ref. Um, what a showman. That is a showman. And remember, listen to the zoo. The Cincinnati Zoo, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of animals. As lot of Joe species. Burrow said, I'll end, I'll end it with uh, two quarterback notes here. As Joe Burrow said, my whole career is our Super Bowl window. You think that dude's going out one and done? No. Hell no. no. Number two, Greggy, it could be, and I hope it is, the signature storyline of the upcoming offseason. Give me a percent, percentage chance, Lamar Jackson has already played his final game as a Raven. Ten. Ten. You can franchise him if How you need you? to. Yeah, but if he tells you, I ain't playing. I ain't signing a new deal with you. They might be compelled to franchise him and then make a trade I, that shocks the league. I think it's a fair question. I think what's going on here, it's not if he, I believe he's banged up, not ready to play, but the, it's been so mysterious and so strange. There's been sort of like a lack of communication about what's going on. Even when Harbaugh speaks, I would put it at 18. 18. 10, 18. I'll go... That's still low for both. That's 15, still very low. 15 wow, that's chance. still low. Okay. Well, I'm not saying I think it's going to happen. It's just given, and part of this is he represents himself, so there's no agent leaks or anything coming from his end. I think that's a big part of it. And maybe a lack of communication in general. Right. Um, mm-hmm. there, is an, there is a chance that we don't know how bad it is. And this, this injury, which certainly started as a real injury, we don't know where he's at physically now, but he's obviously hasn't practiced in almost six weeks. He might be just done with the Ravens, and he lets them know that, and he doesn't have anybody else telling him to rethink that, and maybe something huge happens here. I, like, be interesting. Can I say one thing? Like The only thing I find weird about that is like the Ravens are the one team that, from the word go, embraced him in every possible way. They were so open to making they the didn't whole They give him offer. his money. But I think they want to. But I right. I I think I think he's had a great relationship with them. I really think it's all about Deshaun Watson. Like, it it's about Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed contract for two hundred x amount of million dollars, and Lamar Jackson, understandably, is saying. I'm not taking anything less than that. And I'm, he can find a team and, that would it, do that for him. And, and until that. until I get a fully guaranteed contract, I'm better than that man. I, I am a pillar of this Baltimore community. I'm not taking anything less than that. And he doesn't have an agent there that can say, like, 
I get it, but that might not happen with the Ravens. And I and the Ravens might not give him that contract because a lot of NFL teams don't want to go down the road that the Browns did for anyone. Um, and it, it's a tough hey, spot. I agree with that. Hey, Woody Johnson, you sell a lot of Q-tips. Get out that checkbook because ears ain't going nowhere. Oh, man. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, welcome back. All right, super wild card weekend preview ends Monday night football. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on the call. Here's the bone, guys. It's been a tough year on Monday night. Uh, Cowboys at Bucks. And Mark, another game where I feel it's got to be close. Because I don't think, even if the Cowboys, who are not playing very well right now, um, don't play at a high level in this game, I don't think the Bucks are explosive enough to run away and hide on him. Um, I guess it could go the other way where the good Cowboys show up, but you know what, Marky? I don't think that team's showing up. I don't feel good about Dallas right now. They have, I mean, their close to the season has been a, 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 about as inglorious as you can as you can imagine. Like, the Washington loss was a mess, and it's not just the Dak Prescott interceptions. I, a bunch of them aren't on him, but a bunch are. He just flat out played terribly against Washington, and I just don't like the floor there because how... Uh, there's no guarantee that just doesn't happen again at some point. The Bucs, um, I thought the best game they played all season probably was way back in week one when they put a 19-3 to stamp on Dallas. Dak went out with the injury, but they, mm. the, the Cowboys had nothing Feels going so on in that ago. game. It is so long ago, and it's another universe, but it's like this Bucks team, the thing I, I also don't trust the Bucs much because they were explosive, and the Brady-Mike Evans connection came fully to life, and it was like this is what you were waiting for against the Panthers. I don't care about last week. Brady got pulled. They weren't doing much, but is, the, are, is there any chance you get that against the Dallas defense? It isn't is a, a tick or two below where they were, no doubt about it. I mean, Dallas, to me, I think has more pressure on them because if I look at this Bucks team, all year long they've been frustrated. All year long they've been a mess on offense. And they, what they have done, though, DNA-wise, with Tom Brady at quarterback, is in that fourth quarter in the last five, six minutes, found their way out of jams. It's like, we get we're not flying. We get we're not great. But the pressure isn't really on them in this situation because they've done that over and over. It's and they a, got a ring, too, a couple r- years ago. It's absolutely. just a, just a if, different vibe around this And team. if you're Dallas and you're in that situation where it's tight at the end and everyone's like, Dak Prescott's not had a great game and the run game continues to be mm. a little bit sluggish and the defense has to deal with Tom Brady, which team do you trust to kind of cave in and think like Mike McCarthy's already said this week like yeah we talked about last last season's playoffs we're not owned we're not living in it all the time but we talked about it it's like there's something about the Cowboys aura and everything about it where it's like if they're in this thing late I don't know Tom Brady and Tampa Bay I've already said I think they're going to win the game Tampa Bay but it's like I, I think Dallas is in a strange spot have you been on record with that? Like maybe 77 <laughs> times. I'm trying to make sure it gets traction on the show. But I mean, wait, that the Bucks would win this game? The Bucks will win this game. Okay. Absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah. 
I almost locked it up, but it's like I'm in a precarious. Oh, that would be a showman. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that would I, be a showman. You know, at a point and, where you're too down anyway. And, and I was driving here, and I said to myself, like, I will bet myself $100 that I'll be in a situation where I'm getting pressure from Greg to lock it up for the exact words he said. And then Dan comes in. It's like, I'm not doing it. I'm I sticking with San bring, Francisco. I didn't no, even I would bring that up. It, you brought it up. It wouldn't well, have occurred to me. I let's spiked just, it before it became a thing. And absolutely. But let's just think about it. You have been saying this is going to be happening, that this bad NFC South team will win a playoff game for months and months. What yeah. a way to underline right. it, put some highlighter over it, and a few slammers. Yeah, it would be a way. Wow, what a that's that's the ultimate show. It would, move. and in a parallel universe, I would be I'm with myself if were, also. If you were truly <laughs> confident, instead of just saying something, see, this something, is the kind of thing where it. I just like I Greg could talk for six straight minutes, which will happen at some point, and I'm not listening to a word of it. Tom Brady seven and over the Cowboys in his career. How about that? Is that enough to get the lock? That kind of stuff I don't care about at all. This compiled it. stats against the Cowboys. <laughs> it is crazy to think like week one feels so long ago. How about that? Week one game when they were defending the title and Dak and Tom Brady are going back and forth and we're we're over at uh, West Manor oh, yeah. for that yep. game. This matchup that, is a different Bucks team, right? It it is the Cowboys are a better team. I I struggle to f- pick this game because of everything you said. Yeah, I do trust the Bucks more in a big situation. Uh, they in a fourth quarter in a like they have the championship medal. Mike McCarthy and maybe Todd Bowles are maybe coaching for their jobs, which is crazy for a playoff game. I feel like that's possible. Like the loser of this game, the team could get blown up uh, before the divisional round. Todd Bowles just got this job, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's it's just been weird. It. I don't. I don't. Uh, I hope not. I I don't don't think so. Uh, But I just think you might be losing McCarthy. I buy. You might be losing Tom Brady. You might just. Who knows what's going to happen? I hear you. The Cowboys, though, are just like a better team. And, and you, they could attack the cornerback situation for the Cowboys, which they've sprung leaks lately. Like, they lost Anthony Brown, which you wouldn't have thought would have been such a big deal. But their backups that have come in have just not played well, well whether it's like Nashawn Wright or Trayvon Mullen. They got off the waiver wire. And, like, you can, you can attack those guys. Yeah. But they have better players. Like, at their best, <laughs> the Cowboys have been a top-five offense and a top five defense. They probably don't need both to show up. Just one of them has to show up because even that Panthers game didn't tell me anything new about the Buccaneers. I, I don't even think they played a particularly good game that they just had Mike Evans get open deep like three times. And most of the rest of the game, they were in quicksand like they always are. They're a consistent team. They're like a nine and eight type right. of team. They're not very good. An and, the, and the Cowboys have a way higher ceiling. We just haven't seen them up there uh, in a while now, and that and that's the story with with this game. And um, I, I I'm looking forward to it. I we've talked about Micah Parsons, and uh, there was some some of that LT hype going on around him. Why don't Why doesn't he pull up a chair, get his knife and fork out, put the bib in, and eat up the 46 year old quarterback? Smith. Mm. Go get him. He did in week one. Go go take this game over and make plays, Parsons, that wins the game for your team. Like they had 33 takeaways this year, most in the league. Let's let's do it. If your offense is kind of out of sync, if Dak isn't quite cutting the mustard right now, a Monday night football, go beat this stagnant Tampa Bay offense, right. beat them up and, and set your offense up better. And that's why I picked the Bucks uh, to uh, get beat in this game, because I don't think mm. that they have enough firepower barring. Yeah. And you said, like, you know, they have. Obviously, that that big game with Mike Evans. But if you can neutralize that, it's like with the Chargers taking Mike Williams out of the mix. Who's going to step up and make big plays? I like the Cowboys 19 
to 10. Ooh. I, I'm with you with game. the big play yeah. thing because it's like, so the Brady-Evans connection this season has worked about 11% of the time. And that's great that it happened against a Carolina defense that couldn't handle him from a cornerback scenario. But that doesn't tell me that they've figured it out in that situation at all. They haven't figured it out 90-something percent of the time. No, if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm almost a little worried that they're going to run the ball too much on early downs, get back to that because the Cowboys are so vulnerable against the run and their defensive tackles haven't been good lately, so they're going to maybe try to stay balanced. I'm a, I do think they'll attack Brady, though. Dan Quinn is a creative defensive coordinator. That's been what's been different about this team. You mentioned uh, on our last show how the the – the announcers were really fixated with Dean Pease, like blitzing Brady up the middle and everything. Last well, week. just that they had this relation. Oh, they, right. they, these two know each other. But you know? you know what? It worked. Like I, that is that's the only recipe against Tom Brady is to change your look, snap to snap, drive to drive, keep varying it. Certainly send pressure up the middle. Never get let him feel comfortable and let him know what he's going to see. And I think the Cowboys defense could do that. I'm not sure about this Cowboys offense, though. I'm not sure. We uh, shall see. Mm. By the way, the there is a remarkable amount of pressure on Mike McCarthy to get out of the first round of the playoffs. We've talked about that. The Panthers have requested permission to talk with Kellen Moore, their OC. The Broncos have requested permission to talk to their DC, Dan Quinn. And uh, it's a huge, huge, huge game for the Dallas Cowboys organizationally. Uh, they got to beat this. Jerry Jones all but said they've got to win games in gotta the playoffs. Beat this. To, you can't to keep lose. You can't get beat by the eight and nine. I know it's the Tom Brady Bucks, but it's an eight and nine team. You've had a big year for the most part. You got to at least get back to divisional playoffs. I would say got that to. the like the Cowboys playoff loss a year ago is more fresh in their minds than even the Bengals Super Bowl losses in Cincinnati's. I, I that may sound absurd. Just like it seems, I'm it just you. hangs in the atmosphere in Dallas. And Mike McCarthy. If you lose this, like everything could suddenly flitter away. You got what, a, what a great capper to the to the week. And one last thing I just want to yes. say, which is just I find it very strange that a future Hall of Fame left tackle, Tyron Smith, is out there playing at right tackle. Mm. That Tyler Smith, their rookie first round pick, who played well at left tackle all season, is now at left guard. And that forty or forty one year old Jason Peters is over at left tackle. I feel like this has been an underrated, strange thing to happen in the last three weeks of the season. I don't understand, and I think there'll be a lot of talk about it if this game doesn't All go right. well, well for the Cowboys. I would say it's probably because Peter's at this stage in his career that they need to put him in the best position to succeed, and they I feel confident that probably. Smith can handle yeah. the right side, and he has... yeah. I but get it, it's though. It's not weird. It's to Greg's point, the Cowboys have been one of the worst teams running on early downs, which is not the case before that line combination changed. Problem. Yeah, uh, please don't give me any Zeke in this game. He looks like he's running out of gas. He started this season well. Give me 25 touches of Tony Pollard. We don't need the Zeke. All right. And Jason Peters, by the way, is 40 years old. That's that's quite a, uh, a roll of the dice for your blind side, for your quarterback that, you know, has been in a turnover machine this season. I'll just say this. We're nobody's underdog. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Zaddy, you know I'm a fan of you. You know I love your big Zaddy energy. But you got to have that team ready. Got to win if you want to be called win a ball game. rolling around calling yourself Zaddy or being called Zaddy by other so-called. It, it would Zaddies. not be big Zaddy. You so-called Zaddy. Everyone's a so. Everyone who's labeling themselves a Zaddy needs to like. Are there they, guys out there labeling themselves well, Zaddies? Sure, I would imagine in our society right now. Yeah. Do you label yourself a Zaddy? No, I don't see him as a Zaddy on any level. I mean, I think he's talking about you. That's yeah. The, have the I context. called myself a Zaddy? Yes. Probably have at some point. Yeah, absolutely. I think we were, I'll if, let others decide. 
when it comes to I, that. I don't, I'm not saying that I would deny that you are right. according to some stipulations, but right. I think when you picked Mike McCarthy as a zaddy, mm. you you found a parallel zaddy energy to yourself. That's what you're seeing. I don't. <laughs> Greg and I don't see Mike McCarthy as a zaddy. That's fine, and I. I and I, more power to you. I do but, think you you've given that a lot of thought. It seems, and I. That well, kind of does it for me a little. I bit. mentioned it before that I just I don't I'm mystified that but, Mike McCarthy is rolling. If he's a zaddy, I don't know who isn't it. Who is not? This a zaddy is on this TV, point. you know. I know. I didn't realize that. <laughs> That's it. Yes, we are on television. NFL Network. Check it out. YouTube. YouTube, of course. Fast. NFL.com slash NFL channel. Beautiful. All that right. Too. We'll see you Sunday night. Flagship recap. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.